I never bit the bullet and did it because it broke my heart in half to leave him. And I can't, I can't tell you that that's a benefit or not. I can only tell you how I felt about it. And I adored being there for the nap time, the waking up. I'm so glad I missed that. It is Christine. Welcome to today's episode of the Frugal Fit Mom podcast. I have a really fun episode today because I am answering your questions, but I'm not doing it alone. I'm doing it with my husband, Dave, of 19 plus years. It's a wonder he has put up with me for this long. Hey, Dave. Seriously. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) So I brought you on because I think some of the questions include you, especially the first one. This is such a good question. For the record, I have not heard these questions, so I am responding in real time. Yeah, in real time. Okay, here's the question, okay? We are having a baby. My husband and I both work full-time. This is their first baby. We are feeling led for me to stop working after my maternity leave to be a stay-at-home mom living on my husband's income. We are terrified and wondering if you have any tips, similar story, how to save money on one income, stay-at-home mom. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, wow. Kudos to you guys. Mm -hmm. I got to say that. Congratulations. And I think it's a good question to consider. I love that they're even considering it. Yeah, I think it's a great question because there's something in, in some people. Let's just, I don't know how to say this the right way. This is where I am not eloquent. Okay. For some women who become mothers, there is something in their heart that leads them to stay home with their kids. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with women who choose to work with young babies. It is all fine. And the women are different and they have different goals and they feel differently about it. So let's just give some credit to like, these are real feelings. They're feelings I had. Mm -hmm. So I can relate to this a lot. When you say they're feelings you had, you had both sides of those feelings? No, I, I've, I felt led strongly to stay home with the kids. Yeah. Even though it was hard and even though it was tied on money and even though sometimes it was really thankless and I felt like me personally my skills don't necessarily lie inside the home in homemaking I feel like a lot of my skills are more businessy so I felt like my skills were being wasted for a long time but what happened over time is that I grew as a person and realized that I could develop other skills and there's a lot of parts of me that my kids really benefited from that I didn't see at the beginning but I see now interesting I don't know that I totally agree with that I think that was your own point of view Maybe. You had homemaking skills. Yours were just different than some of the other things you heard other women say. <laughs> you were not a scrapbooker. You were not a scrapbooker. You were not artsy, right, or anything like I'm not, that. I'm not the crafty mom. You were mom. really good at cooking mm-hmm. and recipes and organization. Well, well, that I, one's I, kind I, of a learned. That's, well, that's been a learned skill. <laughs> let's let's rewind that statement. But you were good at some of those things, right? Some some homemaking mom skills you were really really good at in fact you're phenomenally better than a lot of other people on some of those skills well i appreciate the compliment i don't know that i agree with all of that but i say that to say you you had desires on both sides you really liked the idea of working and contributing to the income Mm -hmm. and so for you being a stay-at-home mom that weighed on you sometimes. It, it did, yes. From a financial aspect, it did weigh on me because I was not contributing financially. Something that was interesting that you said to me is that my value as the stay-at-home mom, you know, when I would complain about this kind of thing, is you talked about the ease of stress that I reduced for you. I am saying this not right at all. 
But the peace I, of mind. Yeah, the peace of mind of knowing that if there was a sick kid, I was available. It wasn't panic. Who's going to take off work? Who's going to miss? I had it right when it came to taking the kids to school or clothes shopping or playdates or sports or whatever it was. That was my job, if you want to call it that. And I handled it and it made things less stressful for you. We were a team. Yes, we were a team. It was like a zone type defense. <laughs> that was your zone. When the mm-hmm. kids were sick or other things, I didn't have to worry about missing work. Yes, true. It was peace of mind. Yes. Yeah, that was that was beneficial. And I, I really appreciated you saying that. Because a lot of the time I was like, what am I even doing? <laughs> I don't even put pants on <laughs> every day. <laughs> but anyway, I'm kind of going away from, from their question here. But she's feeling led to stay at home. And if her and him both agree that this is something they want for their family, then I think that's fabulous. I do too. I think what's really awesome, when I said that I love the fact that they're considering it, I think too many times the world, media, culture kind of has gotten to the point where it tells women you should go back to work as quickly as possible. Like that we can't enjoy the stay at home part. And I, I think that's, I just don't think that's true for some women. And there are some really great advantages to being a stay at home mom. It requires a sacrifice. Yes, it does. But there are advantages there if you're willing to sacrifice for them. So I'll say kudos to them. I'm really happy that we're having the discussion. So let's talk money because that's a specific question that they had. So when it comes to money, you're going to take a cut for sure. Like you're, you're losing an income, but also consider the cost of working Yeah. that you're now not going to have to pay for. We're talking work clothes, travel, getting your hair done, more makeup, you know, for a professional look. You could think about lunches out with your coworkers, easy, quick, fast foods because you're too tired. All of that goes away. Mm-hmm. So there is a potential that your expense is also lower because the cost of working is now gone. Totally true. Here's what I would do. You tell me what you would do, Dave, once I lay this out. But I think they need to set a goal budget, let's say, mm-hmm. only on his income. Oh, yeah. Like mock it up. Mock it up. What does it look like? You need to look at realistic numbers here. You can't just make up a fluffy, I'm going to spend $100 a month on food. For most people, that is not realistic. That's just wishful thinking. What are you actually spending now? Put that down. Yep. It's got to be comparison of what would it be like versus what is it like right now? Mm -hmm. You got to know real numbers and you got to try to take the emotion out of it. Yes. Yeah. This can be an extremely emotional exercise. For most people, money is very emotional, but you can't look at it that way. It's just data. Mm -hmm. You're just looking at data and analyzing it. Like, does this make sense? Does this not make sense? Let me be clear. The decision in the end can be a little bit more of an emotional decision. Mm -hmm. But when you're looking at the budget, Mm -hmm. don't attach emotions to the numbers of the budget. That is excellent advice. Thank you for clarifying that. I I really like that, actually. Now, I don't know how much longer she has before they have the baby. I'm assuming she's pregnant now. Sure. Sure. She could take her entire paycheck and shove it into a savings account and try and live on his budget now like his pay now for a few months and see if it works and if it doesn't work. Find the holes. That's an interesting idea. Find the holes in the boat that is sinking you. What is it? For most people, especially for a double income, no kids, you know, they call that dink. Yeah. (laughs) That's like the optimum scenario for money. Double income, no kids. For people who have that, you're going to realize your lifestyle is going to change a lot. You're not going to go out to eat as much. 
You're not going to have the fancy gym membership. It's not going to be, hey, let's wander the mall and buy some new things on a Saturday. It's not movies and concerts. And what else do people like to do? I don't even know what people like to do. Yeah, those types of things. Eating out and all that stuff. Eating out and, I don't, I don't know, bars or it, it, the, all jazz that stuff, halls. I don't know. All of that, if it's a nice to have, could potentially go away. Yes. It, and, it needs to be on the chopping block. Like, not saying that you have to chop it. It needs to be an option. And with a newborn, extremely likely that that goes away anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so just be prepared for that change because the first, I'd say year with a newborn, like newborn up to one, dude, you don't do much of anything. <laughs> you can't, it's just, yeah, it's just different. It's really different. You have the babysitter issue. I have some friends that wouldn't even leave their kid with a babysitter for like two hours to go see a play. Right. A local play. Because they were like, I just, I can't leave my baby. Right? Because they were so nervous. A babies are so helpless. So it's, it can be really hard, depending on what kind of mother you are, to, to let that go. Now, it's, you need to talk about from a mom's perspective. Like, let's just get away from the budget. From a okay. mom's perspective. Mm -hmm. What are the benefits between mom and child of staying home. I mean, it's a lot of time with the two of you together. Mm -hmm. Is there benefit there? Could you imagine trying to let your two or three or four month old be with a sitter or daycare you know, for I, hours on end? I have a good friend. You know them, they live down the street. She is the type of person who needs to work for her own sanity. Her children are very difficult. And for her, working is the best thing for their family, for her, for the kids, for everybody. It gives her a chance to take a break, come back as a better mom. I had a different experience. I felt that like it broke my mommy heart to leave my kids with anybody. I considered going back to work when Ryan was a baby. Dave and I, we talked about that. And he would have been in daycare for like three, four years. And I never bit the bullet and did it because it broke my heart in half to leave him. And I can't, I can't tell you that that's a benefit or not. Yeah. I can only tell you how I felt about it. And I adored being there for the nap time, the waking up. Ryan in particular would wake up from a nap a little cranky and he would just want to lay on my chest and snuggle for like 45 minutes as he slowly woke up from his midday nap. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad I didn't miss that. I was so glad I was there for that. He used to kick me in the shin when I'd feed him oatmeal for breakfast. Just like with the giggle on his face. It wasn't hard. He wasn't being mean. He's one, you know. And like my heart just swelled with love at this little bald boy. <laughs> it's kicking my shins as I'm feeding him oatmeal and yogurt. And it's like smeared everywhere and he's a mess. And he just looks at me with a smile, kicking me in the shin. Like I couldn't love anyone more in that moment. And so I'm so grateful to have had so many years of that with all my different kids at all of their stages there's a lot of bonding that happens in that time <laughs> yeah there's a lot and what i'm trying to say is i don't know if you can put a price on that i don't i don't know if you can you know we went without for a really really long time and as far as saving money hacks or whatever you're not gonna like this answer but we just didn't do anything when the kids were little I mean, we would go on a few walks and hikes and we did work at Boy Scout camp, which gave us an opportunity to do outdoor things, but we did not go to dinner. We did not go to movies. Our, our friend activities was like, I did play dates at my house with other moms. Like, what did you do? 
with your guy friends. Did you do anything? Every once in a while, we went and did like UFC fight night. Remember that? At the wing place. But I'm telling you, like that, I can count on one hand the number of times that happened. Well, wasn't it, it like 10 it wings frequent. for $2? It was pretty cheap. Or something like that. That was the night you guys chose to go. But I'm telling you, it was like once a year. Yeah. It was maybe. It was pretty rare. I think, I'm like I said, the, even the total number of times over the five or six years that we did it, I think I only did it four or five times. We did lots of other things, little things here and there. Like I may have gone and played a round of golf with a bunch of guys maybe once a year. Mm-hmm. But like I'm telling you, like I am not exaggerating when it was once a year that most of these types of things happened. Mm-hmm. But all those guys and I were still friends. We did play basketball often. Yeah, but that was free. That was free. You just, you went to a local uh, church gym, which someone had keys. Yep. And someone brought a ball. Yep. And that was, that was kind of it. That was like a once a week kind of thing. Yeah. That was my social time. My kind of exercise time. Even on the weekends. I'm trying to remember what we did. We took the kids to parks. We went to a lot of parks. There was a lot of like art fairs, like Mm -hmm. downtown. That were free. Artie exhibit things. Yeah, we would go for free. If there was a car show, because those were typically free, we were going to that. We we went to car shows a lot. Because they were they were free. <laughs> well, and there were some cool cars. And there's some really cool cars that I really enjoyed. So I think those are really two important aspects you got to look at. First of all, you got to look at your budget and figure out can you do it. Mm-hmm. Number two, you also have to figure out what what are the costs that are not quite so monetary. Like that's why I'm asking, what is it really? What are the benefits as a mom? Because you can't put a price on that. You really do have to weigh it though. And so let's just say they jump in and they decide to do. The one income thing. Okay, yeah. What types of advice would you give to them for both finances and other hardships that come around, like trials that come around? Hardships is the wrong word. Trials as far as like staying fit, staying active, staying social. Okay, great. Um, Money-wise, you might just have to cut some fluff. So I'm not looking at numbers today, so I can't give any hard and fast tips. But, you know, if you're paying $200 a month for your cell phones, you're going to have to switch to Mint Mobile or something. Cheap it out a bit. If you're hiring out your lawn service, you're not doing that anymore. Like, that's something to do yourself. When you were doing your master's degree, I mowed the lawn in North Carolina myself. And it grew like 10 feet a week. Okay, not that much, but it was a lot. It was, but I mowed it twice a week. We had to mow twice a week with no sprinklers. I know, like it just grew. <laughs> but you were gone, so I did it. It was my workout for that day. Yeah, is to I put in some headphones and I mowed the lawn. It took like three hours. I know it took forever. <laughs> it took so long. Money, money tips. You're just gonna not have an affluent lifestyle unless your husband is high income. Yeah. For a few years. I think that's something to be said is this does not have to be permanent. It's a sacrifice. It's a short-term sacrifice for long-term gains. Yeah. And so if you want to do it for a couple of years, maybe until they hit preschool, maybe until they hit kindergarten, you know, you're talking three to five years max, it's going to go by so fast. You're going to blink and it's going to be over. So I say soak up every moment and try not to think about the money and enjoy the people. And don't worry about the stuff that you might be missing out on. For the short term, um, that's money-wise. That's probably a very <laughs> boring answer. Well, the, I think the point is you have to look at the long-term goal. If your long-term goal is to stay home, you have to look at all the rewards that come as a result of that and recognize the sacrifices have to be worth it. You have to like accept mm-hmm. both the sacrifices and the rewards for what they are and go all in. You know, I, th- I think about a friend of mine, my friend Teresa. We have been good, good friends for a long time. Yeah. 
she had babies uh, very quickly and very young. So she had three, like within a year because she had a set of twins. And her husband was like, okay, that's it. That's like no more. <laughs> so she stayed home with them until the little ones were in preschool. She went back to school because um, she didn't do school before. Went back to school, got a nursing degree, got a bachelor's in nursing. She has been a full-time nurse forever now. Five or six years at least. Ten? Or, or longer. It's been a long time. So she does night shift, ER nurse. She loves her job. She also loves her kids. And because she had her kids so closely, now she only has two years left. With them at home. With them at home. And then all the kids are gone. And you know what she has to say about that? She loves her job. Just to be clear. Loves it, loves it, loves it. She's still sad she never got to have any more kids. She's still sad that the baby and little kid stage went by so quickly. It does go by quick. And that's why I was going to say, when you said it's a short-term thing, for some people, it turns into a little bit longer term. I mean, it could be 10 years. For us, you really were at home. Well, you still are at home. Well, I'm technically still at home. <laughs> You're running a business out of the house. When Ryan was in kindergarten, I think is when I worked outside the home at that other job. And I had a babysitter two days a week for like the two hours before he went to kindergarten yeah. or something like that. Okay, so the other question is... So the sanity part. Yeah. Okay, let's... I'll do the girl side and you do the guy side. Because okay. I, I got to say, you were particularly supportive. And for someone that struggles with not contributing financially, that was the best thing ever. It wasn't just the contributing financially for you, though. I want to point this out. It was also the... For you, it was the social, mental drain of being a stay-at-home mom. Yes. Because you're such an extrovert. Mm -hmm. You needed so many like extra inputs from other people that being with children all day mm -hmm. also took its toll on you. Yes, that's a good point. So for me, yes, as Dave said, I'm an extrovert. I get a lot of energy from being with people. I love to think and learn and not working outside the home or, or being with adults and sparking those parts of my brain and social love was extremely draining for me. So I was able to meet an amazing group of friends. Here are the places where I have and still meet girlfriends, where I, so I can have my people, okay? Church, neighbors, the parents of your kid's sports team, get to know them. The gym, I have met a ton of people at the gym of all places. Yeah. That's a little weird. That's a more recent development. That's, yeah, that's like in the last, I don't know, six years, mm -hmm. five, six years that I've like met, <laughs> met people at the gym and they become my friends, which is cool. And then once you start building like one or two people from each of these circles, they'll introduce you to their friends and their friends and their friends. And then your circle gets bigger Yeah, and you eventually do get to meet more people. And I do want to say that if you're not comfortable meeting people, this is a skill that you can learn. Absolutely. I'm so glad you said that. This is, I was, even though I'm an extrovert, I, in my youth, was very, very shy because I didn't know how to meet people. And so I would practice a lot. I watched people that were really good at it. I analyzed what they did. I read books like How to Win Friends and Influence People. Right. Right. Carnegie. Yep. Fabulous book. And then you can role play. I actually role played with my parents how to introduce myself, how to ask questions, how to ask follow-up questions. And then I taught my kids. Mm -hmm. We have done this with our kids. We have role-played with them 
So when they go to a new school, when they're in a new class, they meet people they've never met before at a different sport. They know what to say, how to respond, and it gives them more confidence, I think, in meeting new people. This is absolutely something you can develop. I don't think people are just innately born with this. Some have to practice more than others. (laughs) I, I have practiced a lot. But my friends saved my sanity Yeah, when I was home with the kids. For sure. There were also times that I noticed I needed to let you go do something else. Mm-hmm. Right? So I would get home from work sometimes and like I could tell you it had, and I was like, okay, why don't you go shopping? And that's when you started couponing. Yes, it was. And so you would coupon by night. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a superhero. Coupon by night, mom by day. You were absolutely a superhero that way. Because that's like when the first time we had a little bit of surplus in the house. Yes, it was. Right? Because you'd coupon like razors and deodorant and we didn't have to freak out every time we had to buy those things. Propel. Propel. We had so much propel. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I could just kind of sense there were some times that, and you would tell me oftentimes like, I just need to get out. When you have little kids, going anywhere by yourself is the equivalent of going to the spa. Yeah. Even if it's walking down the block. And so when you would do those things, I don't remember what exactly what the kids and I did. I know we read a lot of books together. Well, our kids went to bed early back then. They did go to bed early, but we read a lot of books together. Mm-hmm. We made some videos together. I remember making videos for grandparents and stuff. Oh, I do remember that. Honestly, we watched a lot of TV. We did watch a lot of TV in the evenings. Because I'm not going to say we didn't. Because the kids would cuddle with us and that's how they'd fall asleep. We'd rock them to sleep mm-hmm. while we're watching Dirty Jobs or something fun Yep. <laughs> on Discovery Channel. Yep. I do remember that. Okay. I want to hear your opinion on... Because you were the one working. Yeah. You were the one bringing home the income and I stayed at home and I was the mooch. Now, obviously, that's not how you felt about it. But I felt that way sometimes. So how did you look at the whole thing? Were you ever like, it's my money? No. You're not contributing? I could see that be- potentially being an issue. I knew you felt that way. And I know you were sensitive to that. But like, we were a team. And this happened in multiple arenas that we kind of discovered that we had to be a supportive team with unified goals. Yes. We did it financially. Mm-hmm. We did it as far as like creating our goals when we were going to get out of debt and do all these other things. But when it became to being a stay-at-home mom... That was, our goal was to have you stay at home even though we didn't make, even though my income was not great. And so I felt like your part of the teamwork was you stay home with the kids. And I knew it wasn't always the easiest job. I knew it wasn't an easy job, period. Mm -hmm. And it was, like you said, a thankless job. And my mom did a lot to kind of prepare me for this, I think a little bit too, to say, hey, like you got to be really aware of all the sacrifices that she goes through to stay home. So be thankful do nice things for her, those types of things. How did you not develop any resentment? I never had the expectation that you would work. Okay. I know I've, I've heard of some other friends of mine that are like, oh, she needs to get back to work, this or that thing. And I have always been very, very uncomfortable with those statements. Okay. I was always maybe a little bit more uncomfortable that I didn't make more money. I was a little bit oh. sad in myself that like I wasn't doing better financially so that... It wasn't a big deal for you to stay home. Anyway, I just, I try really hard to like not put the expectation and the burden on you to earn money. That was never my goal. My goal was we were a team. I would do the best I could. You would do the best you could. We had our individual things that we were working hard on. Like mine was earning money at the time and yours was taking care of the kids. Mm -hmm. And we set goals together on what that would look like. We talked about both often. Yeah, I think there's a lot of mutual respect. 
there and being a team and there's one more thing I think okay I put you in charge of the finances you did yeah I put you in totally in charge of the budget I actually freaked out a lot more looking at the budget and the numbers than you did but I knew you were good enough with the numbers that we both had the same goals if I gave you full control of that you would help me and yourself kind of figure out where we spent money where we didn't and it has never gone wrong yeah like you've always just crushed that <laughs> well I may not have many skills, but uh, <laughs> squeezing the budget until it screams is definitely one of them. Yeah. Final final point, it is possible. I think it is a worthwhile endeavor. It's most likely going to be harder than you think, but I don't regret it for a second. Yeah. Well said. It is super hard, but don't let the world dictate to you what you should and shouldn't be doing. I think figuring out what your own goals are what your own priorities are, what your values are as a couple, mm -hmm. uh, as a family, and then chase excellence based on those values, not mm -hmm. what the world tells you. Yeah. So it's possible. I'll just say it is not easy. No one ever said it was easy. It hasn't been easy for the last 30 or 40 or so years, but totally worthwhile. I love it. Okay, let's go to the next question. Okay. okay, so this question is, I've been starting to work on my budget. I'm fine with the bills, okay, but I'm struggling with sinking funds. So let's uh, define sinking funds real quick. This would be a mini savings goal for things that come up that are expected but irregular. A new car, Christmas, a vacation, like a big vacation or something like that, right? Yeah. Replacing the deck because it's going to wear out. You know, things Expenses that you know are going to come around. Mm -hmm. You're just planning for the future. Exactly. So I might even say this is instead of having payments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're you're paying forward instead of backwards. Yes you, are, yes, you are paying yourself the interest instead of paying someone else the interest. So you're just planning ahead on these recurring things, being ready to buy them when they come up. Exactly. So... Do you have any recommendations on how to easily pay the funds? To clarify, I've set money aside in theory, but not in reality. Do I go to the bank every month, pull out a bunch of money, do envelopes? Are we doing new bank accounts, transfer money over? Any tips? Well, tell them how you did it. Because this whole sinking funds idea was really new to me as well. And I thought you executed. So well. I tried a bunch of different things. So I've, I first created a bunch of different savings accounts for each one. And I hated that. Yeah. It was just a lot to manage. <laughs> so I really disliked that. The thing that works for me is that in my monthly budget, I have like, for example, let's say our sinking fund is $500 a month. I enter it into the budget every month as a bill. Sinking funds, $500. So that's my bill. In a separate spreadsheet, I have it broken down. So new hot tub that I, not new, I don't have one. What am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> hot tub that I want to buy. $200 a month. Car insurance, $100 a month. Christmas, $100 a month. And then, I don't know, pick another one. New car purchase. Is car insurance a sinking fund? Yeah, for me it is because I only pay it like every six months and not every month. So you're just prepaying pre it to yourself? Correct. Correct. So that when the bill rolls around, it's all I, there. It's all there. Gotcha. Oh, uh, let's do property taxes. So, because property taxes is one of mine. So, and another hundred to property taxes. There's my 500. Okay. Okay. So this second spreadsheet, I have the full year. Every month I have the amount that goes into it with a total at the end. So at any given month, I can be like, oh, I have $300 in my hot tub fund. Not there yet. Okay. But the money actually stays in the checking account. 
all together. Emergency all funds, everything or whatever you've got. You're, all of it's in your savings account. It's in my checking account. It's in your checking account. Mm-hmm. I don't move it anywhere. Okay. So it's all in your checking account. It's all as one lump sum. Yes. But you've got it on a spreadsheet yes. divided out. So you know what, how much you've saved for each thing. Correct. So when I get my property tax bill and it's $1,500, I can look over and be like, oh, I have 1600 for in my sinking fund for property taxes. Fabulous. Yeah. So I go write the check. I subtract it from the spreadsheet, right? Yep. What did I say? 15? Yeah. I'm just making up numbers. $1,500. Now I can see I have $100 left in that fund, but it came out of the checking account because that's where I store it. Is that clear? I think so. That's how I do it. There's different methods. You you can do envelopes in cash. You can do separate accounts. Did it, we start with envelopes? I don't think so. What did we use envelopes for? Was it not the... That was... Was it the debt snowball? Probably. Okay. That may have been like food, gas... Yeah. Things like that. That's like bills. Yeah. Regular bills, but not sinking funds. Everything is digital now. Nobody even wants cash anymore. I've been to things and they're like, don't give me cash. (laughs) I I have a stripe. Give me your card. So yeah. So the sinking funds is just you putting together a spreadsheet and Mm -hmm. actually putting the money into a checking account. It's it's direct deposited into that account. Direct deposited anyway. Yeah. But you've just earmarked everything on a spreadsheet. You got it. So you know what it is. So you, I know what it is. Yep. So at any given time, I might have a good amount of money in my checking account. So let's say we've got $10,000 in that checking account. Sure. You've got 5000 put into emergency fund. Mm-hmm. You've got 300 for insurance, 500 for new car, mm-hmm. 700 for next Christmas, next year's Christmas presents. Correct. And it's like all itemed out until it's all $10,000 yep. accounted for. Yep, exactly. And you do that all with Excel spreadsheets or a Google sheet? I use a Google sheet actually. And you get, you put all formulas in there. Is it, pr- is it pretty fast? It's pretty simple. It's your basic, like sum <laughs> plus minus, like it's really simple, but it works for me. Do you do a whole year per sheet? I do a year table. A year table. So I got January through December across the top and like car insurance, Christmas, hot tub. You notice I keep saying hot tub. <laughs> on the left hand side and so every month there's a spot for a contribution and a withdrawal okay. with a total at the end then do you do like a new sheet per, on that document per year, per year? Mm-hmm. okay i do well that's pretty cool then you can kind of go back do you ever go back and look at your previous years sometimes yeah and then i at the beginning i have a balance carryover column from what was left over from the year before to be clear just to clarify my emergency fund that i never touch no matter what that's not earmarked that is in a separate account oh okay my emergency fund is not in my checking account my sinking funds are in my checking account okay that's okay. good that's helpful why do they call it sinking because um, when i first heard that i i thought this sounds really, really because bleak. you're sinking some money into this fund for later because I always felt like it was something that was sinking me. A sinking boat? <laughs> I don't know why they call it that. <laughs> I don't know where that comes from, but they do. Okay. Good? Okay. Well, that's a pretty good breakdown of how you do sinking funds. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is the last question for today. Yeah. Um, we have basketball season starting up, and I'm wondering if you have any frugal tips for meals slash snacks for the team and for an individual player that's peanut free and travel friendly. So that's a lot of ask. That's a lot in one question. <laughs> okay, so here's what I know about athletes. Let's go with that to okay, start let's with. Start there. Athletes need 
protein for their muscles and longevity and carbs in the moment. Yeah. So if they are in the middle of a game, they're about to start or they're in the middle, they need carbs. Yep. We're talking Gatorade, shove some gummy bears in their face. They need things that are not going to make their stomach feel upset, especially in basketball when they're sprinting. Mm -hmm. Basketball is a hit workout at its core. You should not... I'm going to get so much hate for this. You should not be scared of candy. Yeah, probably not. Now, there's other things they can do to give simple carbs. but Obviously, yes, but... But candy in during one single basketball game? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They need... It's what you get before and after that's really important as well. So let's do simple carb things right now because we're talking they're in a timeout and they need to shove some stuff in their face because they're feeling a little woozy Mm -hmm. and they need the sugar hit. So let's do simple carbs and anything goes. No nuts. But nuts are fat and protein. So I wouldn't do that anyway. I wouldn't do that anyway. So I've got uh, bagels, pretzels. I like oranges. Oranges. Apples are kind of hard to chew. Oranges are great. Yeah. Bananas are great. Mm -hmm. Candy, Gatorade, Pop-Tarts. Even like... I would never do the caffeinated things for for kids, by the way. Not this age group. Yeah, they don't need that. They don't need it. But there are are goos and gels that are non-caffeinated. There are? There's Gatorade chews and all sorts of things that can give simple sugars to those kids. Yeah, they have things called sports beans. I don't love those. No. But they have like the Cliff Shot Blocks. They have Honey Stinger Chews. There's all kinds of those things. But it is just candy. Yeah, essentially. Like Swedish Fish. Great. Absolutely. Sour Patch Watermelon. And Perfect. you got to watch your kids. There was multiple times I'm like, Haley's been playing a tournament all day. Mm-hmm. Her energy stores are super depleted. Like It's like the fourth or fifth game that afternoon. I will absolutely shove candy down her throat until yes. she like wakes up. Yes. Because she was getting so just worn. low on, mm-hmm. worn out, low on sugar. Yeah. Um, You want to do maybe meal items like before? Yeah, let's think before or after a game, especially if you're doing like a full day of tournaments. And you're trying to do something like to keep them energized more long-term, yes. not just short-term sugars. Right. So you're definitely going to, going to want a balance of fat, protein, and carbs during those. Yep. I am a huge fan of sandwiches for these kids. Deli meat sandwiches. You get a lot of protein on there. You get the carbs from the bread. Yep. You can put all kinds of delicious things on it, made to order. Haley's team loved the chicken salad sandwiches. Yes, they did. Because you just get like some croissant rolls and you get the chicken salad mixture Mm -hmm. out of the cooler. You plop it on there, you go. And it's easy to transport. The kids really like it. Um, One mom always brought a, (laughs) this is sound dumb, like a crudite platter. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't dumb because it was carrots and sliced bell peppers and sliced apples. Those kids tore into that. They loved it. They're so hungry. They are so hungry. Hungry, like if you're not the parent of a teenage athlete that does basketball tournaments, volleyball tournaments, where they're going all day, those kids can eat. Yep. What about the uh, chicken Caesar wrap? The chicken Caesar wrap is one of my favorites, so it's super, super easy. It is already cooked chicken. You can do canned chicken, you can do a rotisserie chicken, you can do like the frozen Tyson chicken that's already cooked, you just thought out. Yeah, you can pre-cook the chicken yourself in an Instant Pot. Yes, definitely. You mix it with a bagged Caesar salad kit. It couldn't get easier. Mix the chicken with that, plop it in a tortilla, wrap it up, bam. So good. It's delicious. You got the carbs from the tortilla, the protein from the chicken, a little bit of fat from the dressing. It's yep. fresh tasting. The kids really like fresh stuff mm-hmm. when they've been out there all day. 
sushi is actually kind of a popular one. Yeah. And I don't mean the raw stuff. I mean like do a shrimp roll, like a cooked shrimp roll, a California roll. The yeah. rice is great. They really like that because it's different. I have fed a team before, not while traveling, but I did it. And I made these huge sheet pans of salad, pasta with like spicy sausage and homemade rolls. They loved it. Mm-hmm. Carb load, pasta and rolls, a little bit of salad to make you feel good about yourself. Yep. All really good ideas. Mm-hmm. The no nut one really takes away my protein peanut butter bars. Oh yeah. Which are a favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Those are dang good. They're really good. You could use it with, um, usually people who have the allergy can do sunflower seed butter and that will work. Mm. I think I had two, I was so cheap sometimes I didn't bring enough food. Okay. Remember like early days of Haley, I like going to some of those tournaments. I get through that day and even I would be starving. I'm like, I didn't even bring nearly enough food for me or Haley. <laughs> you didn't bring enough for anybody. I'm trying to think of just some other snacks that my kids like, that they like to munch on. Potato chips. I was going to say, there's there's a need for salt there, especially if they're sweating all yes, day. Yes, they're going to need salt, which is why I mentioned the Gatorade, because it's salty. It's got the sugar and the salt, but potato chips go a really long way when they've been sweating a long time. Yeah. My kids also really love apples with cheese, either string cheese, baby bells. They've done laughing cow with crackers. They really like that. Little homemade Lunchables. Yes. Kind of stuff. Oh, they those love, are good. They love those. Yeah, you could do homemade Lunchables. That's a great one. Because there is some, you get enough salt on those crackers and other things. That's mm -hmm, good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're just, they're going to want more savory sometimes. Because especially if you're giving them sugars and simple sugars during games. Yes, that they, they will want something savory and salty. I think that's another thing I would, I got to just reiterate is I didn't do enough variety. Okay. It was all like, oh, this is all I've got around the house. It's just let's just bring this, and it's just that one thing. And Haley was always eating other people's eating food. other people's food. <laughs> yeah, she was. That being said, I'm a huge fan of basketball. So props on having your kid play basketball. Yeah, basketball is a great game. None of my kids played it, unfortunately. <laughs> we tried. We did try. It didn't take. <laughs> anyway, if you have any questions you would like to submit for us to answer here on the podcast, just uh, DM me on Instagram. I'm at frugalfitmom6. And if you do not have the Instagrams, you could always leave a comment on one of my videos on YouTube as well. Great job. That's going to wrap it up for today. Good episode. All right. See ya.